Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. listeners welcome back to a pod of their own this is episode 143 of a pod of their own i am allison mccaig and i am joined this week by my lovely co-host linda serovich hello linda hey allison we are just a two-woman pod this week um but uh since the things that we have to talk about are not very happy i guess it's probably better off um that maggie got to miss this one um the mets got swept over the weekend by the Atlanta Braves, um, which means that the likelihood that the Mets win the division is now extraordinarily low because the Braves' magic number is now one. So any Mets loss or any Braves win means that the Braves win the NL East. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So the Mets basically, I don't know, they, they choked. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like, I don't want to call the whole season a choke because it's hard to say a 100 win season is a choke, but like this series was a choke. September was sort of a choke overall. Like they could have made it so that this series didn't matter. It's, it's hard. Like you said, it's hard to, to reconcile a hundred win season with, like it's I want to call it a collapse because they still made the postseason. Yeah, I'm not gonna call it a collapse. Collapse is too extreme yeah. of a word for me. Like collapse is like reserved for like 2007 type yes. stuff. Yeah. Um. Yes, like absolutely. and they're not. Yeah. Like two thousand in 2007, 
they had a seven game lead with 17 to play and choked that away and like did not make the playoffs at all. This yeah. is different than that. They will still make the playoffs regardless of what happens, but it's after holding first place for all but like three days the entire season, it does feel a little disappointing to not win and the division. And like you said, their destiny was in their own hands. Like all you had to do was not get swept by the Cubs and they're, they probably win the division. Not lose to the Nationals twice at home, seven to one. Um, yeah. This Nationals team whose butt they are currently kicking. Like, come on, come on. There's it was just right like, there. It was and, right there. Like, then they've been playing mostly 500 ball for the past, like, month. I think they were, like, 13 and 12 in their last 25 games. It's like, that's unacceptable. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. It's, and Especially in September against a soft schedule. Yeah, I mean, everyone said, happen. everyone said, including us on this podcast, I believe, talked about their easy September schedule and how that is an advantage for them over the Braves in the final months. Well, guess what the Braves did? They kept winning at a torrid pace like they have since June. And, you know, it's hard to expect the Mets to play 750 ball like the Braves have been doing for months now, but they could have done better than 500 ball. <laughs> yeah. um, like a 600 win pace. And it's not even like it. Like I, a lot of people are talking about the whole month of se- September and how they underperformed. And they did. But even like a week and a half ago, whatever it was going into that, like, I think it was the last game of that Oakland series where Jake had the really bad start. They had like a two and a half game lead at that point. Yeah. So like, they could have put it away. They could have maintained that distance between themselves and the Braves. If they maintained a three game lead between themselves and the Braves, then the series ceases to matter. Well, and that's the problem. That was the problem all year was they never swept teams. Everybody's like, Oh, it's fine. They're still winning two out of three, but they never put long winning streaks. They put the, together that one long winning streak, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's other like- than that, it was just two out of three, two out of three, two out of three. Then lose, Which is like, good. It's consistency. Yeah. They didn't have long losing streaks either. But you weren't putting the hammer down when it was needed either. Like only taking two out of three from Oakland. Like you could have, you could have widened that lead and they just, they just didn't do it. Against bad teams, they sometimes you need to go for that sweep. Right. Right. They needed to, they really needed to bury the Braves and they never did. I mean, again, I don't like, I was, we were talking a bit about this on, um, we did like a Spotify live, uh, some of us, uh, Amazing Avenue folks after, uh, after Sunday's game, um, sort of a postmortem. And we were talking about the term like choking or like the, the idea that the Mets gave up and how much validity that has. And like, on one hand, they did look very flat and looked like a team that had sort of phoned it in. But the thing I don't like about that narrative is that it fails to give the opponent any credit because like, you know, I like, I hate to say this as much as anyone, trust me, I detest the Atlanta Braves. I detest everything about the organization. I hate the fans. (laughs) Like, I, I can't stand them. They're very good baseball team. They're the defending world champions. So like, 
and they're even better. Like they they won the World Series last year, and they're even better this year than they were last year. So like, yeah, occasionally that team is gonna get you. But the Mets had their three best pitchers going in that game, and you know, say what you will about like the rest of what happened, but the, the, those three did not get it done. S- simply put, I mean, yeah. Degrom pitched okay. Um. But Scherzer, Bassett pitched terrible. Bassett pitched, pitched flat out poorly, and Scherzer didn't pitch well either, really. I think that's the most annoying part. Too. The part that gets me is like, oh, Jake had a blister. Oh, no. It's like their pitcher was literally vomiting, and they couldn't hit him. So yeah, like, I mean, it, 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 kept him, I it kept him from, just like Jake, it kept him from going late into the deep into the game because he was pulled after like whatever 68 pitches or something um so like he could have you know that's that did affect him and it did affect their ability to go deep with him so and but the Mets failed to take advantage of that the Braves had to use the the Braves had to use their bullpen and you know what Snicker Brian Snicker outmanaged Buck Showalter in that three game series and that's saying something because I don't think Brian Snickers are particularly good tactical Manager, he outmanaged Buck Showalter. He managed those games like they were must-win games, which they were. Buck Showalter did not manage those games like they were must-win games. Snicker used Kenley Jansen in all those games. He used Rossiel Iglesias in all those games. He used his best relief pitchers in all the games. Buck Showalter decided that yeah i know that like down two runs is different than up two runs but it's still high in a must-win game it's still high leverage and he used tyler mcgill down two runs and he didn't pinch at vogelbach that time either and he didn't pinch at vogelbach in a key situation he let francisco alvarez 20 year old rookie now i was in favor of bringing up alvarez for this series for this series because you know neither mark vientos nor darren ruff were getting it done whether you think ruff's injury is real or not um (laughs) neither of them were getting it done so you needed another option and i'm fine with throwing alvarez into the fire and giving him a shot but you cannot let him hit in that situation. No, no. You cannot let the 20-year-old rookie in that situation. No. Well, that's, I mean, I know people are tired of talking about the trade deadline, but this is what happens. Right. You, 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 you had, your only option is to throw an untested rookie into those situations now because you failed it. You didn't do your job at the deadline. Yeah, okay, Marte's hurt. You hadn't raw fist technically hurt. So, okay, yeah, but you, you, just, you just didn't do enough. That, uh, that, to me, that's where they lost the season was the train deadline because you had Francisco Alvarez as, as your bench guy, and he wasn't even your bench guy. He was your DH a couple times. Right, and this, and is, this is why the most important series of the year came down to an untested rookie. Right, and this and this is why too, the most important series of the year comes down to the likes of Tyler McGill out of the bullpen yep. because you failed to acquire enough bullpen depth either in the off season. or at the trading deadline. This is what happens. I know Michael Givens is still mysteriously. On the COVID IL, even though he was in the dugout, I don't want to understand why is no, Michael Givens not active. Yeah, like it wasn't in ten days. It's been longer than ten days. It's been longer than ten days, and you can come back 
sooner than yeah. that, I think if you test, if you test negative. negative, but if he's yeah. still testing positive and still in the COVID IL, why is he in the dugout without a mask <laughs> on hanging out with his teammates? That makes me think he's not have COVID anymore. So what's he doing? <laughs> exactly. Him. I don't know what's happening with that, but that's a mystery to don't. me. They don't know who to cut if they have to. I, I think that I think that's it. But you gotta just send Tyler McGill to the minors. And there's no way he can be on the postseason. He's, roster. He can't be on the postseason roster. I'm sorry. I know that Michael Givens has not always covered himself in glory as a Met, although he has pitched a lot better lately. He mostly got off to a terribly rocky start. But again, this all goes back to. You have to give high leverage innings to guys you really don't want to give high leverage innings to. Now, I again, I will emphasize that this one is on Buck. Often, to, I'm often the last person to blame Buck Showalter for things because I'm more forgiving of him than most people. But he he can't he managed these games scared. He managed yeah. these games not well, like they were do or die, the and whole that was not good. Was scared. It just seemed as soon as they got down, they had no response. Right. Right. It was just. And or then they couldn't know how to battle back. I mean, even like Nimmo was practically crying, saying they beat up our aces. Well, yeah, it happens. Yeah. Now what are you going to do about it? You gave up on that Sunday night game. That's what you did about it. And that Sunday night game was, in effect, like losing twice. Because all they had to do was win one game. And they could have been uh-huh. in a much better position right now. They could yep. have been in a much better position right now because one game got them the tie break of the head-to-head on the season series. There's no uh-huh. one game 163 anymore. If the Mets and the Braves finish with the same record, the Braves will win the division. So <laughs> all they had to do was win once. And but instead that they lost on Sunday, and that was essentially like losing twice because they lost like kind of two pegs in the standings yeah um it's bad and you know right if if you think about it right now if they had just won one game in the brave series the the current situation is that now the mets have to win out and the braves have to lose out in order for the mets to win the division that's the only way the mets Mm -hmm. are in a double header with the nationals right now because yesterday's game got rained out they won the first game as we recorded this on tuesday night they are winning the second game seven to nothing the Braves lost their game last night. They're winning. I think they're still winning right now against the Marlins. It, it, and any Braves win would clinch the division for them. But, it, you know, if the Mets had just won one game, they would be in a much better position right now. They would have two wins in the bank from this doubleheader. And the Braves, the, the Braves winning this game wouldn't necessarily clinch them the division. No. And they would still have the tiebreaker. Yeah, the Mets would have the tiebreak. So the Mets would head into the final game of the season with a really good chance of winning the division. It's just, and I know, I I love darling Pete, and I don't want to break his spirit, but when he said the Braves are a good team, they played well, but I thought we played well too. No, you didn't. No. They didn't play particularly well, no. No, you, you just, you didn't, man. Like, like face facts. I know you want to be put a positive spin on it, but sometimes you just gotta face facts, man. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was, it was uninspired and disappointing. Um, and, and it's really frustrating. 
Yeah, and like none of their stars showed up. Not a single one. Not a single person outside of Jeff McNeil showed up for that series. Not a one. Not really. Yep, it was basically Jeff McNeil did well, and he might win a batting title, so that's pretty cool. He's he's well, ahead he right now. Himself like Jose Reyes did. He's ahead right now, and he hit a home run in in this game too. So, you know, he's do he's he's ahead in the batting title right now. So it'd be cool if he won that. Um, I give him the true bang title since he'll earn it the real way instead of Reyes. No, yeah, I don't want to see him pulled. He's got to earn no. it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, well, also, also it. as of right this moment, the games still matter a lot. No. So they can't just pull. <laughs> well, that's the other thing that kind of screwed them too. Like, let's say tomorrow matters, they have to pitch to Grom, and now your rotation is all screwed up for the wild card. Yeah, exactly, because it becomes <laughs> a must-win game again. Yeah, um, so this has consequences. Yep. So, but either way, regardless of what happens next couple of days, Mets are still going to the playoffs. Um, right now, as we podcast, the most likely matchup appears to be a wild card series against the San Diego Padres, in which the Mets will have their three aces going, in theory, unless they have to pitch to Grom tomorrow in a must-win game. The Padres will have... You Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joe Musgrove. That is a formidable three pitchers to face. Um, and the Mets and have not done well. Darvish. Uh, they, I don't think they've gotten a single, like if you told me they've gotten a single hit off Darvish in their entire like careers, I wouldn't believe you. Darvish has owned the Mets shit historically. Um, so I don't feel good about that one necessarily, but they have, uh, done okay against Blake Snell and Musgrove in the past. Snell's a lefty. They never hit I know, I know. But didn't they, like, didn't they really, really, like, clean his clock once? I thought they did. But the second time they didn't, like, he was shaky and, of course, they couldn't get to him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it is theoretically on paper a series the Mets should win. Um, I don't feel good at it. I sat there in person at the Padres series, and they just—they did not look good against. The Padres. I know, I know, I know. They don't—they haven't looked good about them, good against them in the regular season. But a like the the playoffs are random, and the Mets got, I believe. Swept in the season series by the Cubs in 2015, close to they it. Did, yeah. They got like totally wrecked by the Cubs in 2015, in the regular season, and then they swept them in the NLCS. It can happen. Um, anything can happen in a short series. Um, the Mets are, regardless of the regular season matchup, the Mets are the favorites on paper. Now, obviously, that means nothing. Again, anything can happen. Um, it remains a possibility that the Phillies could overtake the Padres for that spot. And then the Mets and the Phillies would be playing in a wildcard series, which is maximum chaos. <laughs> I, kind of, I would kind of prefer to face the Phillies because they I, absolutely I, killed them this year. Uh, on one hand, I think the Phillies are a much worse team than the Padres. Yes. Regardless of what their records say at the end of the season. Um, so I think, I think, by that regard, I should want to face the Phillies. And I think I'm, I think deep down I do. But I also just like the vibes are so bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Twitter's going to burn down. Like it's wild card series. Oh, my God. I don't know if I'm going to. I don't know if I'd survive that emotionally. 
No. It, like, it, 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 it would be really, really bad. And, like, you, you just know that, like, eight different weird things would happen. Yes. Which team those things would benefit, I cannot yet say. But you just know, like, it's going to be the craziest shit is going to happen. If those two teams face off in wildcard series, oh, my God. Again, I don't know if I can survive that emotionally. So it's like, do I want to give myself maximum anxiety, but really it's probably the better matchup for the Mets? Or do I want a little less anxiety, maybe a slightly worse matchup for the Mets? Again, the Mets are better than both these teams. They should beat them both. But the Phillies, I don't know. They've done really well against the Phillies. They've hit Zach Wheeler. They've hit Aaron Nola. Those are the pitchers they'd be facing. Yeah. Wheeler game one. No, the Phillies already have that lined up. Wheeler game one. Nola game two. Uh, Ranger Suarez game three. That's what the yeah. Phillies have lined up. See, I kind I, of would at least rather face that. Than... I like those odds. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But it would be maximum chaos. Um. We talked a little bit about Starling Marte, uh, and I want to go back to that because it's not looking good for him returning, like at least definitely not for the wildcard series. Um, he doesn't seem to be progressing well. Like the Mets keep putting out these like very sad updates, but then like Buck Showalter won't eliminate the possibility of putting him on the postseason roster. It's like he literally like can't swing a bat without pain. Yeah. Like, bro, <laughs> I think and it's time he, to face the music here. <laughs> and I think the exact words they used was that he came away frustrated from his last, like, attempt at trying to swing a bat. Like, that doesn't sound promising. Right. Starling Marte has a fractured finger. I think, I don't know. I, I know that, like, things are just so random and it's, like, hard to pin the whole, like, outcome of everything on one factor. But I just, I can't help but feel that if Starling Marte had been in the lineup, that we'd be having a very different conversation right now about how the rest of the season went. Yeah, he just changes the lineup. I feel like they at least would have won one of those games. They at least would have won one of those games in Atlanta. And then we'd be, you know, really, really well positioned right now. Well, that's the problem, too, and this is what also makes me nervous. I think we've talked about it before, is Pete just gets so overly emotional in these tight games that he just starts swinging at everything. Yeah. And you need somebody to just, like, kind of calm that down. And I feel like Marte would be a lot more level-headed in those positions than Pete is. The Mets have... The Mets are a fairly veteran team in the sense of, like, age. But as far as the hitters... They don't have a lot of hitters that have postseason experience. Lindor, ha- Lindor does, but and like he's been very good in the postseason. Yes, too. and he's been very good in the postseason. Um, but you know, Starling Marte would be another one of those veteran presents in the, uh, in the lineup because you've got like you know guys like Pete and Nimmo and McNeil who have never been in the postseason. Yeah. Well, does. Nimmo, did Nimmo play in the wild card team? Mm. He was on the team in 2016. Oh, no, because it was a lefty, so of course they didn't play. Right, Nimmo. right, 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 right. Well, I mean, he was in the ballpark. <laughs> yes, he was there. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So it's, I just feel like Marte is just like, 
he's he makes the lineup so much deeper when he's in it because in, if when he's not in it you have to hit like McNeil really high in the lineup or Canna really high in the lineup and then that just makes like the bottom of the lineup really ugly because you have like yeah catcher Giorme <laughs> like you know like Naquin catcher Giorme or something like that and it's just That's like the thing, then plus this prevents you from putting one of Alvarez or or rough in the lineup too yeah right now is Alvarez a righty or a lefty he's a righty yeah so it keeps I don't think Alvarez is making the postseason roster I don't know that's another tough call. I, I guess it depends on what Rob's status is. Well, I feel like they're gonna they're gonna have to choose between. Well, yeah, it depends on Ruff's status, and they're gonna have to choose between uh, Vientos and Alvarez. Yeah, and I don't think. I think that Vientos has already shown he's not really up to the task yet. No. I think Alvarez has shown that he, you know, I think Alvarez has looked more competitive against big league pitching than Vientos, but I don't know. It's it's not that there isn't a good, a good choice here, really. No, like, I mean, if we want to compare this team to 2015, like, like I think somebody pointed out, like, they got their Kelly Johnson and Lon Uribe and Ruff and Volkovac, although they, well, Uribe and Johnson were a lot more productive, and Naquin, I guess. Um, but but then also that 2015 team had Conforto, and he was not overwhelmed. He actually right. produced. Vientos and Alvarez are not Conforto. Right, right. And I mean, like, so it's I don't just... Know if I'm, like, I was a lot more comfortable with putting Conforto on the postseason roster than oh, I am yeah, either of, course. of these two. Of course. It's frustrating because, you know, you look at the Braves and they have had, you know, they had Ozzy Albies out most of the year. But of course, mm-hmm. they called up like these rookies and they've been good immediately. Um, yep. Whereas the Mets rookies have had some growing pains, which is like, you know, more often than not what happens. Um, but Vientos has just looked like not competitive and Alvarez might eventually like get into a gear but it's the wrong time to take that gamble, but they don't really have any other choice. <laughs> so and this is also like, if you got you, these prospects were so untouchable at the trade deadline, then you should have called them up. We wouldn't know yeah, more about them. By exactly. Now. You, uh, Alvarez should have been called up a long time ago, in my opinion, but yeah, you know, I mean, he had the foot injury, but still, yeah, he did he have the foot done. injury. So, there was a while there we couldn't have come up, but yeah. He could would have gotten at least a few at bats before he had the foot injury. Yeah. <sighs> and, like I understand you don't want him to learn a pitching staff because that's a lot to put on a catcher. But you could have at least DH'd him because you got nothing out of your DH spot. You had nothing to lose. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um but yeah, I mean, the I forget which broad I always forget which broadcast it was since we got like a Fox and an ESPN back to back. But they were talking about how. Well, actually, you want to face the Dodgers in a in a five game series, because like, you know, the other thing is, is like in addition to 
having to play the wild card game, losing the East and becoming the top wild card seed instead also makes their postseason road a lot tougher because they have to go through the Dodgers and the NLDS now, as opposed to if they were on the other side of the bracket where the Braves are, then they would be getting the Cardinals in the DS instead, which I mean, say what you will about like devil magic or whatever, which I think devil magic is powerful, (laughs) specifically (laughs) just the Cardinals variety, not in general, but Cardinals devil magic is very powerful. But it's not as powerful as the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball by a fair margin. Um, and the Cardinals are not nearly as good as them. And I don't think the Cardinals are nearly as good as the Mets either. So it's frustrating because, like, there you go. Now ESPN or Fox, I think it was I think it was Ken Rosenthal, so I think it was Fox, said that, like, actually it might be an advantage to face the Dodgers in a short series, in a five-game series, as opposed to in a seven-game series, because the Dodgers, their main, like, reason that they're so, so good is that their depth can outlast anyone else. So, like, in a seven-game series, they can pitch, like, their back-end starters that they can pitch are just, like, better than anybody else's. And they have, like, more bullpen depth than anybody else. And they have more depth period than anybody else. I think there's some truth to that, but also in my mind, like that's not, that doesn't weigh that side of the seesaw enough to outweigh. Like you want to face the Dodgers as late in the postseason as humanly possible and hope they get bounced by some other team first. Yeah. Because, you know, facing the Dodgers in the NLCS means there's actually a chance that whoever faces them in the NLDS eliminates them. And then you have to face the Dodgers at all. <laughs> like, I don't yep. see how, like, oh, actually, it's good to face them in a short series, like, outweighs, like, maybe you won't have to face them at all. <laughs> yeah, I, either way, the Road to the World Series is going to go through the Dodgers. So I don't know if it makes that big of a difference from when you face them i guess it does for us because we have like dollars for dingers money riding on it yeah sure sure do with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The only thing I can think of is that, you know, Cohen flew to Atlanta. He saw this in person. And the only thing I think is if they're bounced by the Padres, he'll like rage spend in the off season yeah. and make sure it doesn't happen again. <laughs> Maybe. The only positive I can kind of see coming out of this, but I don't know. Yeah, guess. that would be the only good thing. But I mean, he has to spend either way. You have to keep if you want to. You have oh, to yeah. Yes. The, the issue is now, like, 
you know, the Mets are trying to become Dodgers East, as we've talked about many times on this podcast. And that, you know, the I think that everyone knows that that's code for being good every year. Right. Um, And the Dodgers have done that with a combination of really good drafts and player development and spending a ton of money. And the Mets are trying to get that same, you know, that same magic sauce of like both developing players really well and having a core of young players who stay on your team for a long time and supplementing that with top end free agents that you pay lots of money for. The Mets have clearly demonstrated the ability to add top end free agents and have done that in spades. And that's why they're in the position that they're in now. But the sustainability of this success is not guaranteed by any stretch. In fact, it's pretty unstable because they'd have to spend Steve Cohen would simply have to spend like $400 million or something like that to sort of replicate what they even have this year, which sure he can just go out and do that because he's the richest owner in the sport, but I'm not sure he's going to. So as opposed to the Braves who have a dynasty, a bona fide dynasty. The Braves have locked up all of their, all these players who are killing the Mets over the weekend. You will see every single one of them for a long time, for the next decade. All of them. Austin Riley, Vaughn Grissom, Michael Harris. Michael Harris. All those guys. Olsen. Stansby Swanson is a free agent. Stansby Swanson (laughs) is the only one walking. Acuna, Albies, all those guys are here to stay. All of them. And so the Braves are going to be good every year. The Mets don't have all their young talent locked up in the same way. So the jury still remains out if the Mets, this front office is capable of developing players. We haven't seen it. Not yet. It might. We don't. Did it mean? Yeah, that mean maybe Alvarez becomes their answer catcher and that would be fantastic. But we don't know. They're making, I mean, they're doing things on the periphery that make you think that they're moving in a positive direction, like expanding their analytics staff and all that stuff. But Rome wasn't built in a day. It takes a very long time for front office. Yeah, they have no depth either. Right. It takes a very long time for to build a front to build a modern front office from a front office that has been behind the curve for the past few decades. Yes. (laughs) Like, it just takes a long time. The Mets might get there, but in the meantime, I think that a lot of fans who are, you know, I don't want to say laissez-faire. I think that, I think people are upset about the way the Mets sort of pissed away the division, but the people who are kind of like poop, like waving that off with, well, the Mets are just going to be good every year now, so they'll get another shot at it. I'm not I'm not taking that for granted. That might that might be true. But until it is true, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, I mean, they don't really have a good I mean, like we said, this, you know, it's a different front office, but they don't have a good I mean, they've, they've only made the playoffs back to back twice in their entire existence. Right. And one of them was 2015, 2016 in that postseason, which is one freaking game. Right. Like, so I don't even know if that counts. To me, it does, but I get why people are inclined to not count it. A one-game playoff is kind of a fluke thing. Yeah, like, to me, I'm in the, it doesn't count. <laughs> I'm playing great. But like, I got one day. I don't know. I'm just... And also, what are you going to do? Like, the worst-case scenario, you lose Diaz, Jake, 
and Nimmo. Now what are you going to do? Right. Like nothing. I know that like, you know, it, it, the, the Dodgers are basically right now, even like, I mean, I guess you can kind of throw the Yankees in there, but even the Yankees, like the Dodgers are really the only team that you can say right now in this like current era is a dynasty. They have built a sustained winner that makes the playoffs and goes deep into the playoffs every single year. The Yankees are kind of there also in the sense that they are almost never bad, but they have not had the recent postseason success that the Dodgers have had. Um, I guess maybe the Astros, too. The Astros. But it's like, I don't know. Like, it's really hard to do that. Like, nothing is guaranteed. Even if Steve Cohen spends $400 million and just tries to get the Mets back there every single season, stuff can go wrong. Guys can get hurt. Expectations cannot be met. You know, like, it's just like, I don't ever want to treat things as a guarantee or wave away a a chance to win a World Series because, oh, they're just going to be here again soon. That has never been the case. Every time every time the Mets have like had a good season and, you know, not won the World Series in my lifetime, this stuff has been said before. In 2006, it was like, oh, we'll just be here again next year. And then they collapsed in 2007 and 2008. Like, yes, those 2007 and 2008 teams were good as well. But they didn't make the postseason. They didn't get back there again. People said that about 2015. And it's like, yeah, they were back again in 2016 for the one game playoff. And then they didn't make it again after that until now. So it's like, it's not, it's not a guarantee. Well, that's my problem too. Again, with the trade deadline is you had a chance to go for it. You have one chance. Like this is, this is the best, the best Mets, this this Mets team is going to end up having the best regular season record of my lifetime you have to t- put you have to go all in you have to go yeah. all in on this team but then he keeps found at some like percentage bullshit that's like unsustainable well i don't care i want to win now You're right like you gotta win now because you don't know what's gonna happen and i'm uh, yeah again we can talk all we can talk about sustained winners and building for the long term when we actually see the results of them being competitive every year. But until then, I'm not buying it because I'm I'm acting like this is their one shot this decade. Because it might be. Yeah, it very well could be. And why? Why would you ever pass that up to? Like, I get you traded away Kellenic and Pete Crow Armstrong. I get that. But like we said, you can just... Buy another outfielder if you need to. You can sign Aaron Judge next year if you need to after Nimmo walks. Who cares? Simply get better at developing players so that when you lose a prospect like that, it doesn't kill your whole system. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, and, it, and like, like we said, is Mark Vientos really was he worth holding on to right now? Yeah, I don't know. If yeah, like, into, if he could have gotten you bullpen help, why didn't you pursue that? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm trying to remind myself again, like I'm trying to not let this last series sour my feelings about this whole season, which has been so good until now. Yeah, that's the problem is like my head still knows it was a good season, but my heart tells me they blew it. And 
I can't, I can't get over that. And, and you know, it's like 2019 was still one of my favorite, favorite teams, and they didn't even make the playoffs. And now I'm looking at because like, they played better in the second half than the first yeah. half. It's always fun because that's the thing. The Mets are really the only team, and I was talking about this with my dad yesterday. The Mets are really the only team heading into the postseason who are like unhappy as they head into the postseason, whose fan yeah. base is like unhappy because everybody else has either like sort of coasted along to their playoff position. So think about like the Dodgers who've been good all year, never relinquished the lead. Like it was basically guaranteed for them. Mostly the Yankees who had like a mini collapse in September, but their division lead was so big that it didn't really matter that they played poorly. So they've mostly coasted to their, um, their division title and everybody and, and Houston coasted everybody else is either in the postseason because they vastly overperformed expectations. Like the Cleveland guardians are absolutely chuffed to be in the postseason um, <laughs> because they overperformed expectations. Congratulations to all-star Andres Jimenez. Great job. Um, they're a very exciting team and you know, the wild card teams for the most part, like, you know, they clawed their way to the wild card by playing well toward the end. So, like, that's the way that's the way the Phillies have done things. They were kind of on the periphery all season. They know that the Mets and the Braves are better, but they're going to end up with a postseason berth by clawing and fighting for that final spot. And the Padres, the same thing. They were never going to beat the Dodgers, but they got a postseason berth anyway. Well, did the Phillies really claw, or was that more of the Brewers just absolutely? I mean, it? yeah, <laughs> both of them. It seems like the NL should have like one less playoff spot. It's really like yeah, let's just cut it off after it. the Padres. <laughs> neither of you deserve it. But yeah, whatever. Um, you know, like the Phillies' point being because they like played kind of badly, or like are like happy they they're heading into the postseason happy to have just made it. And they yeah. they're ending a bit a long postseason drought as well. The the Phillies are of not making the postseason. Obviously, same with the Seattle Mariners, the longest postseason drought in baseball. Yeah. And so they're absolutely thrilled to be in the postseason. They've not been here for a long time. The Mets fan base is the only fan base that heads into the postseason being like, God damn it. Because <laughs> yeah. like, like fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like really the only ones and, and you know the Braves for example like you know they thought they were like wild card position all year and then all of a sudden they're division champions so it's like hell yeah um yeah the Mets are really the only ones going into it that are like disappointed with their lot heading into the postseason like, said, like it's a shame that we feel that way because it was a good it season sucks. but I just I can't reconcile it right now I just I can't maybe like if they win the World Series I was I gonna say care. a deep postseason but... run would go a long way toward making me forget what happened in Atlanta the final weekend of the season yeah like you could shut a us all up Matt. you can you can make me forget you can erase all of it you can erase it all I think they know that too I'm optimistic yeah. that they know that. I mean, I'm not necessarily like that doesn't mean that it will yield results that it like just that mentality alone is enough for a deep postseason run. But I think I think the players know that they just have to put it behind them now and they have a postseason. They have a postseason to win now. They have postseason games to play and they have to just go out and win those. Again, I think that's where Buck his tactical mistakes aside um i think that's probably more his strength right where now. his skills where his 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 where he does have skills 
is important in managing the clubhouse and getting them through this. He has experience in the postseason. He knows what it's like. I mean, we don't want to talk about certain decisions that he's made, but (laughs) he at least knows what it's like to to get a team through the postseason. Yeah. Oh, and he 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 did have one nice quote that said uh, he was still proud of him, and he said there were it wasn't conditional; it's unconditional. Yeah, that was a nice quote. I liked that. Then yeah, so I was like, that was that was kind of sweet. And he followed that up by saying he believes in John uh, in uh, Don Mattingly, which was hilarious. He was like, you know, we can still win the division. We can sweep, and uh, I believe in Don Mattingly. I was like, sadly, sir, Donnie Baseball cannot make his team better. <laughs> no. I don't care how much you believe in Don Mattingly. It's whether you believe in the Miami Marlins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, he can only do so much with the players he has. Right, which, uh, you know. And Alcantara is a pitching, so. I know. That low-key pissed me off. <laughs> because yeah. it, it wouldn't have made me mad except for the fact that they said if the game would have postseason implications that he would pitch. If it didn't, mm. then he wouldn't pitch. That's what they said initially. And then they were just like, eh, we're shutting him down. Which it, they're within their right to do. I can't actually be yeah. mad. Like, they have to do what's best for their players. What do they care about the Mets for? But yeah. still, I'm kind of like, hey, you said. In the spirit of competitiveness. Well, because even when. If they had never know, made that promise, I wouldn't be mad right now. Yeah. But they did. But, you know, like in 2018, David Wright said he would only play against the Marlins because the Braves were were in the postseason. He didn't want to do something that would screw them up because they played the Brave series before. So yeah, he didn't I remember want to that. Play. So it's like Dave it appreciates the spirit of sport. Why yes. Don't the Marlins? I don't know. The Marlins do have a man on set, the tying run on second in the bottom of the eighth. I was going to say, but it might not even matter. So it probably, yeah. I was going to say, so we're probably getting all upset for nothing, but still, it just needed to be said. Still. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like, what if the Marlins like come back and win? And then it's like, surprise. Sandy Alcantara. That would be so funny. Oh, it's, not gonna awesome. it, it's not going to happen because like, you know, they even if they had like held out the decision until the last minute, like, oh, you know, like if the Braves he's already shut down, he's already shut down. Like he, in order to pitch on Wednesday, he'd had to have like thrown a side session or like whatever. And he probably yeah. didn't do that. So like it's not happening, but it would still be hilarious. It would make me I not totally forgive them for all the bullshit they've played. They pulled throughout my lifetime, but it would make me a little less. A little bit. Yeah, I would forgive them a little bit. A little bit. So. Like, we'll yeah, see. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, it may be that before we are done recording that the Mets, that the Braves clinch. So uh, it's the bottom of the eighth. Two to one Braves with Marlins having a man on second and two out against no, uh, AJ Minter. So the other thing I wanted to bring up about the Atlanta Braves that doesn't really have to do with like the NL East and the uh, and the fight for the division crown is, you know, the fact that these games had implications for the postseason and that was coming down to the wire. Obviously, two of the three games were broadcast on national television. 
aside from the usual underwhelming performance of the national TV booth, there is now, once again, uh, Tomahawk Chop discourse mm-hmm. happening um, on a wider scale than usual because the Braves are, once again, on the in the national spotlight because they're going to make the postseason for the second year in a row. Um, and the national broadcasts showed a lot of clips of the fans doing the chop, panned to it often, and yep. one of them, the, I think it was the ESPN booth, even said, quote, it's like a movie. Or didn't they say it's like a nightclub, too? Maybe. I want, they were, like, acting, they basically acted with reverence with regard to the chop. Yeah, which, like it was the coolest thing. Yeah. In my opinion, is nauseating and gross. Like, you treated racism like a show for everyone. Yep. And, and then the Biden press horrendous. secretary just say we need to have a conversation about it? Yes, but like a, a fell short of actually calling the chop racist, though. No. Fell yeah. short of actually calling the chop racist. So, I don't know. I just, it's it's really, really disappointing. Like, it's it's, I don't expect anything of Braves fans at this point. Like, they all they all are doing their mental gymnastics to justify why it's not racism. Talking about how the Braves work with tribes, tribe singular, by the way, one tribe. Um, how the Brave how Native Americans don't say it's racist. They do. Um, they do. <laughs> they and do and a have pitcher in the league who called it racist who is Native American. Yep, they do and have. Um, but they like I I expect nothing of them. They will do they will justify their racist chant all day because they like doing it and they want to keep doing it and they don't want to feel like they're racists for doing it. What what I do have expectations for is how the rest of baseball treats this. And they have treated it. They have done a bad job of handling this. They have treated it like Braves fans treat it. That it's cool and exciting and fun instead of blatantly racist. Well, and that's the thing. Like, the, I think a while ago, the Braves were like, well, we can't handle what our fans do. But now you're playing into it. Now you're giving them the beat. Now you're turning off the lights and making it all dramatic and making it a show. For a while, like, they stopped actively. For a while, they stopped playing it. For a while, they stopped playing it. After the Cardinals pitcher made that comment, they were they were like shamed into stopping for a while. So like bullying works, by the way, shaming them works. But they just like let some time pass and figured everyone would forget. And now they're doing it again. And everyone forgot. (laughs) And they made it even more of a show now. Because, yeah, now they've turned it into like this a light show, basically light show. Yeah. It's gross. It's really gross. And I saw a comment from, of course, a Yankee fan saying that the Mets fans are only mad about this now because the Braves beat them, like swept them. And I was like, sir, I have years of receipts of me calling the chop (laughs) racist. Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Like, like, don't wait into something you know nothing about, man. Seriously. Like, we've been on this train for years. We've been on this train for years. We've been on this train since the 90s. Like, are you serious? Like, we've known the Braves are racist trash since the 90s. Like, (laughs) gestures wildly at the 90s Braves. Are you kidding me? We've had beef about this for decades. Yeah. Like, Like, everybody needs to get on our level at this point. Seriously. I just, 
It's so gross. And I'm just like, I don't care what happens on the field. I'd be saying this if the Mets won all three games. Yeah. It doesn't change the racism. It doesn't change anything about how gross the tomahawk chop is. Stop doing it. Also, I mean, I know that I said this earlier in the year. I Well, we, proof of concept, we said this earlier in the year when the Mets beat the Braves four out of five. We were talking about this and yep. we were talking about those Mets fans who like sarcastically did the chop yep. at the time and said, don't do that because I doing ironic racism is still doing racism racism yep and guess what you all look like idiots now even more oh, yeah. more all the fans that sarcastically did the chop when the Mets won four out of five look really stupid now don't they because who got mm-hmm. the last laugh now yeah I'm gonna say hope you all are proud of yourself hope you all are happy because <laughs> now well, you look I- like giant doofuses well and that's the other thing like we said it's not unique the Chiefs do it too right so it's all, and I think the most, it, it, it's not funny, but it's funny, is at one point the entire stadium, I don't know where the hell the Chiefs play, I don't know what the name of their stadium is, is doing the job, <laughs> and in the end zone, it says end racism. Yeah, yeah, cool, Like really good scene. This is where we are, this is just where we are as a country. <laughs> I would like to say that the Marlins have the bases loaded in the bottom of the Oh, Allison, don't tell me <laughs> I would just like to say there are two don't outs. Give me that hope. <laughs> there are two outs. I. But like I, you said, they're gonna be like, if it's gonna happen, it's the Mets are gonna lose in the worst way imaginable tomorrow. I know. So I know. I'd rather it just end. <laughs> anyway, so we will. We will. Uh, we will go off the chop, but. We will keep talking about this because it's gross. And I don't care if we will still talk about this. If the Mets end up playing the Braves in the postseason at some point and whether the Mets beat them or not, I will talk about it because the chop is gross. And like, I hate that it's been given like this, like huge stage now. And it's ugh, it's so gross. Anyway, um, we will. But we will end the show this week like we always do with walk off wins. Reach us, talks about something that's making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Linda Cervich, what is your walk off win? I don't know. I have a cold, so I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess that it's an, a cold and not COVID. I'm going to take that as a win. That is a win, I would say. <laughs> because I sat down Saturday, I made my dinner, and like I had been sneezing randomly throughout the day. And I was like, oh, that's weird. But then I was like, ah, it could be allergies, whatever. And then I sat down to dinner and my throat started bothering me. I'm like, hmm, that's usually my clue. But I'm like, whatever. And then then I started really sneezing. And then Sunday it was a full bowl and cold. So because then Saturday, then I'm like, of course, I'd recap that game while feeling awful. Thanks, Scherzer. Yeah, both of us <laughs> recapped over the weekend, by the way. So that was an extra special part of it. Yeah. <laughs> no in play outs. Screw you, Nick Fortes. Uh, oh, damn you, Marlins. So the Marlins. at least you know the positive is, is we can still hate the Marlins now. It's true. <laughs> so my hatred of the Marlins will still will still be at like a high level, and I can so, just like not care tomorrow, and it'll be nice. Yeah. It's a, yeah, like it's the last day of the season. It's what, and then I guess then they don't have to pitch Jake, which is a positive. Yeah, and then they can pitch Jake in the wild card round, whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, well, then, so I've been drinking my tea. I've been, you know, I have cinnamon tea. I have pumpkin spice tea. So that's been nice. I slept until noon today because I called out of work. So that that was nice is um, not going into work for a couple days because I have vacation time I'd use anyway. So I was like, I might as well just call out and use my vacation time because yeah. I don't think anybody, and the parents in story time wouldn't want me coming in like coughing and sneezing. No, most certainly not. No matter how many times you tell them it's not COVID. Nobody wants to be sick with anything. No, I could imagine, I could just picture like a stampede of like parents like grabbing their children and <laughs> running. <laughs> So, but then the funny part is I was sitting there, you know, and I'm like, oh, I think I have a fever. I'm sweating. Like, I feel like really flushed. I was like, oh no, this is it. I got COVID finally. But <laughs> I didn't realize my complex had turned the heat on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that would do it. So no, I never had a fever. And, you know, I'm drinking my cinnamon tea while podcasting. I'm very happy and I'm on the mend. So back to work tomorrow unfortunately <laughs> well i'm glad you're feeling better that's good yes. and i didn't cough or sneeze during uh during podcasting so i'm gonna take that as a win too yeah that's a dub um <laughs> my walk-off win for this week is that despite how frustrating the end of the regular season has been for the mets i got playoff tickets today Yay! so i will hopefully i mean i will hopefully be attending a playoff game um so that's really, really exciting. I haven't attended a playoff game since the cursed So Taguchi game that Linda and I, I have bemoaned either. many times on the podcast before. I had playoff tickets in 2015 for NLCS Game 7. As we all know, that did not occur. So uh, I've not been put to a playoff game since 2006. I hope that I'll get to go to one this time around. Um, the if If the most likely outcome occurs, which is that the Braves win this game as we enter the top of the ninth inning with them still up two to one and the Mets are the wild card team, then the Mets would need to advance out of the wild card round for me to go to the playoffs because I bought <laughs> NLDS tickets. Um and it would be game four of the NLDS. So the the uh the two things would have to happen for this game to occur. The Mets would have to advance out of the wild card round and the DS would not have to be decided in three games. There would have to be a game four. But that would be the game I will I would attend if the impossible happens and the Mets and the Braves choke and lose this game and the Mets win and the Braves lose again tomorrow, then uh, we will be going to NLDS game two, which will happen <laughs> because the Mets will just be in the NLDS then you know what? Um, yeah. against the Cardinals. But then it would suddenly be a game during the week, which would cause all sorts of travel problems for me coming from D.C. I, I planned it so that the game was more likely like on a Saturday. <laughs> but we would make it work. We would make it work. We'd figure it out uh, across that bridge when we get to it, if we get to it. So but either way, I have playoff tickets in my possession. That should be cool to get back to playoff game. I've never been to a playoff game at City Field, so that'll be fun. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because yeah, that that same game was my first and last playoff game. Yep. So I don't know. And again, they've introduced new food for the playoffs, so you could take advantage. They have. I I just really want to you know, cleanse the vibes of the only playoff game I've been to, the terrible, terrible vibes with some more positive ones. Yeah. So, yeah. Here's cool. hoping that happens. 
Um, (laughs) but you know, we will continue to be in your feeds every week, potentially even more often, depending. (laughs) Although I think we'll, we'll probably be in your earbuds in the form of some sort of like Spotify live situation rather than this show, um, after certain Mets playoff games. But as long as the Mets are in the postseason, we'll continue to be in your ears very often, uh, breaking it down. Hopefully what is the start of a long, long postseason run. So Buckle up, folks. It's happening. This is why we do this. This is why we put all of our all of our hopes and dreams into this team to watch. Yeah, this will be our first time like potting a postseason. It will be. And it's very exciting. So this is what we do this for. So I'm very excited, regardless. So um let's hope it's let's hope this postseason is a fun one. I'm really excited for it. So stay tuned. Uh and in the meantime, you can go to amazingavenue.com. Check out all of our fantastic content. We ha- we will have all sorts of postseason content for you guys lined up. Don't worry. As well as game threads for every game, of course, as always. Um, but y- you can also follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at A Pod of Their Own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petit PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servage. You can subscribe to the podcast amazing avenue audio wherever you get your podcasts from you'll get our entire suite of amazing pods if you subscribe on your podcast app of choice the original intro and outro music to this podcast is by bunga let's go mets and don't forget there is no crying in podcasting happy postseason my friends 